know, there's roughly 90,000 electric vehicles on the road now, and that, that's it's rapidly taking off. Yeah, so the uptake is really happening quite fast, and so there's a lot of challenges with building that public network and making sure there's high-powered chargers available, really. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Hey folks, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain. And today, fantastic to be sitting down with Peter Allington of Singer Electric to talk about, I guess, electrifying transport in New Zealand and and particularly delving in with some focus on ferries, which is a really interesting uh, area because we've had a little bit of a a, a chat in the past around boats and and there's some, you know, real challenges and, and hence why we see the likes of Hamilton Jet doing a you know a, a hybrid vehicle so this is, is going to be a great topic so you know thank you for for joining us Peter thanks Paul lots and lots that we could talk about but um, maybe you can just a sort of a, a look back you're with Singer Electric tell us about this company this is a New Zealand company been around for what, yeah, how many a, decades we've been around for seven uh, decades yes yeah, so 70 years roughly around a decade in the in the electric vehicle space yeah um, so we're just working with with clients to to really electrify their fleet and and upgrade their infrastructure. And so you're very much on the the technology that allows them to to power that fleet and get them get their vehicles charged and so on and and you know putting that that technology together. That's what you've you've mostly been focused on. Yeah, we've partnered with um, ABB, who are a global leading technology company. Um, they provide our smart chargers and and equipment and we're working with them to really get at the cutting edge of, of the technology available. Fantastic. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's really has been an interesting and, you know, in recent times, a reasonably fast-moving, you know, journey. I think in mm. the in the, in the earlier days we were, when we were talking about electric vehicles, it was, it was such a, you know, a little sort of tiny, you know, niche thing and, you know, $150,000 plus Teslas and, and so on. There weren't, there weren't you know, it wasn't a, a particularly probably accessible area, you know, necessarily. So you had the, you know, the Teslas at one end, other end was sort of, you know, your, your Japanese import sort of secondhand uh, uh, EVs, predominantly the uh, the Nissan Leaf, right? And all the sort of complexities then that that, that came with that. So the, the ones coming in from Japan needing sort of a Chatamo charger. Uh, and then it was, well, what standards are we going to land on as sort of we've moved through Things with you know what's BMW doing versus what's uh, Tesla doing and 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 so on and so you know quite a few you know complexities and 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 challenges but of course now we've got built out a a pretty capable sort of charging network around the country in terms of public charges for for private uh, vehicles but of course you know from a, a business perspective for those that are sort of building up their their fleets, it's it's not necessarily as simple for for families, right? Because there's a, I guess, a broad range of of needs to you know to cater to. In some sure. cases, it is just a, a company car that does a you know a few k's a day and so on, and that that sort of stuff is is probably uh, you know re, at the reasonably easy end to sort of cater to. But then you've got all sorts of other commercial uh, vehicles mm. and 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 use cases. And then you know, there's the broader transport world where where we're going to you know delve into on the 
on on the fairies. What can you tell us around the the sort of trends that you've seen? You've been in this field, you know, yourself yeah. uh, with Singer for the best part of a, a, a decade. What are sort of the things that jump out to you? You know, there's roughly 90,000 electric vehicles on the road now, and that, that's um, increasing 6% at the moment year on year. I think it's doubled, sorry, within the last 18 months, that number. So it's rapidly taking off. Yeah, so the uptake is really happening quite fast. And so there's a lot of challenges with building that public network and making sure there's high-powered charges available, really. And so, I mean, we looked at sort of, when we looked at the sort of the first charges that were that were coming through, they, they weren't as, as high-powered. And, of course, like, you know, for me, I can charge at home um, over overnight. Um, and in a small business at the moment, we're probably in a there's a there's a sort of challenges. What's the right thing to do? You know, businesses move around premises and so on. So where's the best place to to mm. charge? We're we're you know EV only uh, you know firm now. Um, what what are you seeing in terms of the trends as uh, you know to what what businesses do? Are we seeing um, you know, landlords provide the charging infrastructure. Um, is it is it more the businesses themselves who, um, you know, that's that's part of what they do as part of moving into new premises that, that they're they're putting in the charging infrastructure. Or is it a bit of a variety? It's a bit of a, a variety, really. It's so unique every every case. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's really about working with the client and and the stakeholders to ensure that they get the right size charger or the right um, equipment um, and and upgrade where they need to really, and whether that's also within the business or at home or how they do that. And and what what sort of the what's the scale? What are the the you know the biggest sort of bunches of charges and so on? And because it, it's pretty pricey to put in a you know really high speed charger, and, and we've seen yep. you know ChargeNet and the like, and you know um, partly through sort of government funding put in. You know these sort of three hundred, you know, kilowatt. I think they they call their ones sort of hyperchargers, and yes. uh, you know Tesla, um, you know, have been putting in their their various sort of generations of chargers, which are getting better and faster. And you know, the, I think that you know the latest iterations, um, uh, you you may be uh, avoiding some of the past issues where you you're charging, but there's somebody charging next to you, so the the amount of you know um, juice you know drop drop or the peak. Uh, possibility sort of drops in half. Those sorts of things are, you know, yeah. are starting to be um, addressed. But it, it's it's a pretty expensive endeavour to get everything in place and and quite time consuming to get the the power fed. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so um, the standard size charge is around seven kilowatts just for the domestic or. Yep, I um, think that's probably what I've got at home. Yep, yep, and so, you know, they're relatively inexpensive um, but then the higher powered yeah they do get a lot more and there's a lot more complex challenges around that too with uh, load management making sure the capacity um, doesn't be exceeded you know so you don't blow any fuses and and whatnot so um, yeah I mean it's it's a real challenge to to work out what the best solution is for for each client and this sort of you know journey to electrify and you said you know it had been it had been growing you know very rapidly especially I guess we had that period over the last 18 months where, uh, you know, consumers and, and businesses had that sort of an, an incentive. They're getting some nice rebates back on their on their vehicles. Mm. Um, yeah, do you see that that having dropped off? Is that that's not going to put a stop to things? But I guess it, it just impacts the pace um, to 
to a degree. Do you, do you have a feeling for how much impact that'll that'll have? I'm optimistic that it's not going to have too much of an impact. I think mm, it's mm. the the exponential growth will hopefully continue. You know, there's, there is good savings to be had for industry and for you know just the general user uh, around fuel consumption and and charging. Uh, yep. use, yeah, even EV with road user, road user taxes coming in, you think that'll be kept in, in balance so that it definitely tips in that direction? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've it's the cheapest way to drive 100 k's. At the moment, I think it's well, about... Unless you're, unless you're uh, driving a bicycle. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think and it's then about, you'd take the, the electric bicycle route anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. <laughs> so I think it's around $5 to charge at home. Um around 15 I think on the high powered network and around $18 um, if you're filling up with petrol so you know it is a lot cheaper so I'm hoping that those uh, government sort of initiatives that they've removed uh, w- won't play too much of a part yeah yeah yep. well I guess we, we just have to see it it does seem to me like there's a fair bit of momentum now and and you know once once a you know a family starts moving, down that electric track, uh, it does. You know, it seems to be that they don't go back in most in most mm. cases, yeah, right? I've recently and moved into an electric vehicle. It's great. Yep, it's nice yep. to drive. It's um, yeah, it's fantastic. And and there's a sort of technological benefit too, isn't there? With the the newest vehicles, particularly the EVs, there there seems to be that that extra, you know, leaning into into more uh, more of a technology, you know, capability. Of course, any new vehicle is, is a more more capable, you know, entertainment systems and mm. and capabilities than than something from you know a decade or so ago, and and you know, um, depending on those sort of steps you're making, it, it can make yeah. a big difference. Although I had some interesting experiences in uh, in Australia recently, and I hired a, a BYD, and mm. um, interestingly, uh, it was with um, Sixt S I X T, the rental company. And they seem to have bought up a big fleet of the BYD uh, EVs. They've they've got some others as well, um, but maybe they bought too many because they were renting them out at a fraction of what their press release from earlier on in the right. in the year had said they were going to be renting them for. So it was oh, that was virtually or possibly even the cheapest car that was available to rent. Um, so a little tip: if you want to try out an EV and you go into Australia. That's one way of trying out an EV because uh, I need to rent a car anyway. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that, that they do in Australia is they offer free re- uh, free um, uh, free charging. Um, okay. al- although there is a, there was a little bit of a hiccup in that the key fob they gave me for the charging didn't work, and so I had to pay for it. And now I have to remember to actually send in the mm-hmm. send in the bill and get them to uh, to to re- refund my charging. Yeah, well. So uh, yeah, it's something to be aware of. But you know, Australia, I think certainly behind New Zealand, it's you know another area where we're you know we're we're a bit further ahead. Yeah. Uh, you know, I notice you know the number of EVs on the road in Australia seems to be dramatically. Uh, lower certainly in Queensland than what than what we see around uh, Auckland. Yeah, I think um, the government's really pushed it a lot more um, mm, in New Zealand mm. and Australia, given these initiatives and yep. and really trying to grow the market. And look, there always had to be a point when when you know the incentives drop off, right? That's right. Um, I think it's just probably just a debate over yeah when was the right time. But uh, w- what's happened has has happened. So let let's um, you know let's let's delve in a, a little bit into this this 
situation uh, with fairies where where Singer has been has been working. Um, you know, tell us tell us about what you're doing on on that front. What you know, where's this happening? How many fairies are are involved? And does it even make sense to electrify? Fairies, there's probably a few areas we can we yeah. can tap into, but that that's at the top of my mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess first it totally makes sense to to electrify. You know, the fairies are they're around six percent of the public transport usage, but they're responsible for around twenty percent of the of the public transport emissions. Okay, oh, that's that's quite a big deal then. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Auckland Transport they bought um, I think it's seven uh, electric or electric hybrid. Fairies, and we've been working with them and uh, since twenty twenty one, partnered with ABB, like I mentioned, and yeah, so we've just been working through that. The ferries, re- relatively large, so they're three hundred passengers, which is around double the capacity of what's currently on the network. So yeah, it's a great it's a great initiative that Auckland Transport are doing. Yeah, it's quite a significant upgrade moving to you know moving to the bigger bigger vessels. That's 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 very very helpful. I think it will be appreciated. I, I used to catch a ferry to to work quite you know quite some time ago. But if you're in sort of a location, certainly around Auckland, we've got a, a few of those uh, a few of those scenarios, uh, especially Waiheke. Uh, you know that's yeah. that's a a big commute. Something that we we have to uh, we have to cater to. And if if it can be that's done right. with with an electric an electric vehicle with a with an electric ferry, that's really cool. How do you deal with that sort of challenge of they use a lot of you know a lot of power right and uh, you know I guess as it's that reality that it's a shorter journey and you can get bursts of of charging in through the day that makes it possible. Yeah, that's right. So the it's a charging set. Um, it's a three point three megawatt charging set. Three point three um, megawatts. So that yeah. that's more than sort of ten times those uh, hyperchargers yeah, we're talking right. about. Before, so that that yeah, I guess gives an idea of the sort of scale of battery and how long yeah. how long could they get sort of you know they're able to be plugged in because you're not able to do a full charge from between you know one one ride and the next, are you? No, that's right. So it'll be around ten minutes. We'll we'll charge, which um, will be the equivalent of you know twenty five average homes um, that they use in a day. Um, so they'll get a burst of energy for. Ten minutes. So to ten minutes of that charge is the equivalent of, of twenty five hours over a, over a full day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or four hundred and fifty cars um, yeah. being charged as well. So yeah, quite large. So it gets a bit of a top up and it, and it goes on its way and throughout the day it'll slowly go down and then it'll be fully charged overnight. So yeah, that's that's the whole idea around it at the moment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and and. When we look at getting this, um, you know, the the charging infrastructure out for, you know, whether it's for, you know, Tesla chargers, any of these sort of high speed ones, it seems to be, you know, many months sort of process to to make it happen. And yeah, there's all sorts of you know complexities. We, yeah, I think we've seen, uh, yeah, Tesla for instance. I don't know when they first announced that they they were going to have their um, infrastructure available within. Tauranga, and I don't, I don't mm. think, I don't think they've delivered it yet. You know, I'm not, not there a lot, but it's one of those things of, you know, when's it going to happen? Some of these things are, you know, complexities with, with the locations and, and, and leases and coming to those sort of arrangements. We've seen that with, you know, councils and, and private entities that they've negotiated with. But part of it is, is being able to get the, the, the juice there, the power there off the national grid and, 
and to get that sort of yeah. thing run. Now, when you're dealing with um, the electricity for uh, you know, a, a charger at that uh, that level for for a ferry, how difficult is that? Is that um, you know something that because everyone's behind it, it, it's quite quick and easy to to get it happening, or is it a pretty oh, drawn out process? It's definitely some challenges and a drawn out process. Yeah, Victor are behind it as well to to you know upgrade. Um, their side of the network um, coming in, um, and so it it is a it is quite a complicated process. It's it's not just straightforward connected and and you're away. It's not just running an extension cord a, a, across from Queen no. Street <laughs> down to uh, down to where the ferries are. Then no, no, we'll be running a new feed back to the substation and uh, at the end of Key Street there. Yeah, so there'll be a new twenty two kV line coming in. Is this kind of Digging up the road and you know things like that. Like yeah, they, it's 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 they will it's be a chunk of work, right? Yeah, I mean there is some spare um, ducks and stuff in the road, but that right. that's for that's Auckland Transport and and Victor are on that sort of side of the of the installation. We're more on the the from the LV side on. LV. Ah, uh, the low, sorry, the low voltage side. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Um, yeah, yep. so that'll so be. So you take in their their power, and then you're putting it in a in a in a manner that's going to be able to be uh, received by the electric ferry. Yeah, and so we sort of have a defined footprint that we've been allocated, and so we need to make sure that the equipment can fit into that um, that footprint, and that's across you know different footprints in different areas. Mm. Um, so we're working through the the ferry terminal at the moment, downtown ferry terminal. So yeah, there's going to be some. It's going to look pretty nice. It's going to be functional and mm. yeah, that's cool. Now, yeah, we talked a little bit earlier, you know, around these different sort of connectors and standards and and things have have got a lot, you know, simpler. Uh, you know, when it comes to plugging in cars, we've you know we've gone to standards. Although you know, even that there's been a um, you know moving target, I suppose. You know, just in in, in North America, uh, you know, we've yeah. we've seen the the industry, you know, the industry globally in terms of how their vehicles are going to be charged uh, that that are sold into um, you know United United States sort of I guess first first uh, and foremost uh, where you know where we had a, a I guess the US sort of version of uh, I think it's the sort of Type Two um, charging that mm-hmm. that sort of seemed to be what uh, all the manufacturers were were going with other than Tesla and and Tesla you know were arguing well. Our connector's smaller and better, and why wouldn't you use it? And you know they went so far as to sort of you know open source everything, and then yeah. rename their connector um, somewhat uh, presumptively as the North American Charging Standard. Yeah. But obviously that that you know we look we look now that's uh, that that's playing out pretty well. The whole industry, I, I'm not sure there's any major player. I don't think actually now that the last major player is has come on board over. Yeah, that's right. You know, over a period of what is it? it must be maybe it's twelve months or so now, uh, but a period where yeah they just sort of fell like dominoes and and you know pretty much everyone has sort of settled on on moving to um, uh, their, their their connector and arguably maybe the rest of the world um, you know would would benefit as well because theirs is a smaller and and simpler uh, maybe con- yeah. connector. Um, I don't know. We you know we got different standards in different countries. Uh, now, which brings you know some complexity, but it's it's a lot better than uh, I think you were telling me before the show. Maybe something like twenty different 
you know, ways of uh, right. you know, co- co- connections from an electric vehicle standard. So we're, we're streets ahead of that. So yeah, that, there's that's so pretty many good. out there and, yeah. you know, there's five major types um, yeah. in different, you know, regions around the, the globe. Yeah. Um, that's where this megawatt charging system that we're putting in for the ferry will, will be really good because it's, it's an initiative, uh, 300 plus players of global industry for that sort of the one megawatt and above charging. Okay, um, so, they're, so they are coming together. We don't expect it to be one plug that uh, we're going to have to throw all this gear out in six months because there's a new standard. That's right, yeah, so it'll be consolidated. So they're all using the same plug. Yeah, um, okay. So you can bring something from North America to, to say, New Zealand and still be able to charge that. So Oh, it, that's an important consideration, isn't it? Because, yeah, yeah boat, boats travel a lot more than cars <laughs> do in they terms do. of internationally. Yep. So, okay. and as well as, you know, the trucks and high-powered sort of uh, heavy industry equipment as well that, that will be utilising this because you've got large battery capacity. Mm. You know, they need to have this megawatt charging system or else it'll take, you know, hours and hours to charge the equipment and, you know, an industry that's just not um, feasible. So, yeah, that's where the, all the industry is coming together and trying to, trying to put that through and agree on the different standards and... As you can imagine, there's a lot of moving parts that they need to put together. But yeah, there there is some um, projects globally that are that are running at the moment for, as a prototype. So mm. the expectation, I think, was start of 24. So it's slightly moving to get all that agreement globally, but it is coming along. Oh, I hope that I hope that play, you know plays out well. Yeah, we've certainly seen the electrification of. Uh, you know, buses pretty heavily, you know, around, mm. um, you know, varying parts of New Zealand and, you know, trucking has been moving in that direction, uh, you know, to, to a degree for, for a while. Um, yeah, I guess these sort of megawatt plus uh, charging is, is still probably very small in terms of a percentage at the moment. But, uh, yeah, getting that, that standardised for the future, um, really important. Oh, that's it's really pleasing to hear that uh, those those things are being being addressed and um, yeah when you talk about these sort of investments you don't really want to be having to yeah mess around with with, with so many different uh, no. dif- different options now um, one of the questions that often sort of comes up is you know as a country have we got the power infrastructure to be able to cope with the electrification you know, of of you know both our our you know personal vehicles, you know passenger, uh, you know transport um, that that's privately owned, um, through to public transport and and commercial you know transportation um, needs. What what can you tell us about yeah. about that in terms of your your knowledge? Because obviously that's pretty important to singers business. If there's yeah. not if there's not the capacity, you've got to be. Uh, you know, prodding governments and and right. uh, and and uh, um, you know the the varying companies to to invest back into into that area and increase our our capacity. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so we do have enough capacity. I think if um, if all passenger or light vehicle um, were converted to electric, um, it'd be about twenty percent increase on on the current loads, um, which we have capacity. To, to deal with that and there's more um, especially renewable projects coming online all the time um, and is, then is it a, is it a matter of kind of picking the times of of when things are charged how much does that play into it because if everyone's charging at once and and it's 
don't know, middle of summer when everyone's air conditioning's running or it's middle of winter and, and yeah. uh, you know, everyone's sort of home heating's on or something. I mean, there are, there are peak times, right, where, where it would be a problem. That's right, yeah. So you want to be um, putting in a smart charger so that you can uh, set the time or the have a load management system to be able to look at the loads. Um, but, yeah, you want to be able to charge off peak, really, so that you can take advantage of the um, lower rates and also to have less burden on the infrastructure. Yeah, and I guess we, we, you know, we look back through history, you know, um, you know 100 years ago, um, or so, um, you know, there, there there were parts of you know lots of parts of the the, the world uh, where there, there wasn't electricity. I remember you know, talk, talking to my dad around the village he grew up in uh, in England, and uh, when he was growing up, they didn't have electricity, you know, running running into their house. And I'm thinking, how can that have happened? That surely that was that was 150 years ago. But uh, he he's not 150, so. Um, you know, there's a, in, in recent times we've had a lot of areas go from you know no, uh, you know no connection to to a grid, uh, to being you know fully connected to to you know really you know massive yeah. uh, you know capabilities, and of course we're very fortunate in New Zealand that uh, you know as you know such a high percentage of that is being drawn from renewable sources, which is um, you know pretty right. unusual. Globally, sort of that percentage, isn't I it? I think we're fourth best in the in the OECD around that, so around eighty seven percent. You know, and, and you look at the history of of load management. I suppose in New Zealand, you have got the Ripple Relay, which used to control the hot water cylinders. So we're just trying to move that more into a smarter kind of a way with um, controlling loads through uh, smart chargers, really. Right. So the Ripple Relay, sort of back in the day, I'm not sure if it still sort of runs now. That was their their ability to sort of effectively. Um, you know, send a message through the through yeah. the the power grid um, to for sort of turning on and off of um, hot water system hot, hot water, water cylinders. Is that right? That, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So that it's more heating on off peak times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's um. Yeah. That's that's that's, that's interesting. Sort of innovative use of uh, technology for for its time, and now we've mm. got to we've got to use the, the the current innovations. Yeah. Oh, it's that's been um, that's been really uh, really really fascinating. Sort of you know del- delving in, Peter. Um, anything else that 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 we've that we've missed that you think um, you know people might be um, might be curious about? Um, I just suppose some of the you know some of the challenges around it is educating people in the new industry. You know, it's not just a matter of buying a car and you can plug it in anywhere. Um, so really, it's about. Um, you know, assessing the infrastructure and understanding clients' needs, you know, around the utilisation, how you're going to charge it, um, your load management. It, there's all these different complex um, questions that need to be asked and, and need to be solved. Um, so, yeah, it's all about tailoring that solution to, to that individual requirement. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, it's a big consideration that people need to be. Yeah, taking. I guess important not to not to make you know make assumptions around what's going to be you know possible in a given location or a mm. given building and 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 planning ahead and and getting the right sort of things in place. Yeah, I saw the uh, the building that I think's been built for um, for New Zealand Post and and uh, Mount Mount Roscoe on the the site of uh, where where foodstuffs used to be um, lo- located. 
Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, they, they've got a, a very nice uh, string of EV chargers there. That was one of the first things to, to go right. in before the, the, the building was even, you know, fully complete was I think a line of, you know, of 20 electric vehicle uh, chargers. You know, most of them probably uh, down uh, more around that sort of, you know, 7 kilowatt or 7 mm-hmm. to 11 sort of kilowatt type, um, you know, type range, but also some, some you know, some chunkier, faster charging. Um, yeah, which, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, obviously something that is important to, you know, to really be considered and, and planned for uh, now with, you know, these, right. these investments going into uh, uh, future buildings and, and, right, and like locations and, and how to retrofit the, the you know, the existing uh, locations. That's right. Yeah, whether it's sort of distance um, charging um, or destination charging when you, say, you've got a, a truck that's going intercity or whether you've got the van going from, um, you know, the depot to, to individual sites within the suburb. Um, different requirements require different size charges. Mm, mm. Um, and it looks like there's some the, maybe even some work that the IRD needs to go into because I, I was talking to accountant around sort of different rules for, you know, certain commercial vehicles, um, mm. you know, can be taken, you know, can be taken home without there being sort of fringe benefit tax um, but but normal vehicle, if you know, sort of take it home, then it then it can uh, uh, you know trigger that. Um, but you know there are there are businesses where the the best place for them to charge their electric vehicles is for somebody to take the vehicle home yep. uh, and to charge that and to bring it back charged the next day because they don't necessarily have the capability at their location to mm. uh, to charge those vehicles. So. Yeah, another another thing that needs to needs to be addressed with yep. with the changes. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, really great to have you on the show, Peter Ellington. And yeah, we, we'll look forward to uh, delving in. I'm sure more to this topic in the future. Um, how far off um, from what you what you know, what's been announced in terms of when we're going to have uh, have the charging in place and and uh, and have these electric uh, ferries. Uh, yes. Moving around the place. What's sort of the timeline on on getting them them all uh, in place? So it's um, we're looking at having the ferries and the chargers delivered and installed by the end of this year uh, for one of the sites in uh, Half Moon Bay, yep. and then passengers are expected in 2025. A lot of testing and you know all that, but it's looking like passengers 2025. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good good to see you know this work increasing around around New Zealand and. Uh, yeah, look forward to the uh, the the quieter and uh, less sort of smoky uh, ferry journeys in the, right. in the future. Should be a nice uh, ride. Yeah, oh, fa- fantastic. Well, thanks everyone for joining us uh, on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Also, this week we had a news episode uh, which which Peter joined on as well. So make sure you've you've caught both episodes in New Zealand Tech Podcast. And thank you, of course, to our show partners, to Gorilla Technology, HP, Spark, Two Degrees, and One NZ. All right, thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next week on the next episode. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.